Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I will destroy them all. Hello, yes, and welcome back to the Coordinate and Attack on Titan podcast. And you're here this week with me. Yes, it's the English side of things. It's the wonderful Bill. Ha <laughs> ha uh, Yeah, or maybe not so. But yes, hello everybody, and welcome back. How you all been? How you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, all right. Yeah, keep it up, keep it up. How's tricks? Yeah. Oh, Dave, I'll see you over there, Dave. Dave, what's going on? No. no. Well, just give it back to her and I'm I'm sure it will smooth things over. Anyway, yes, welcome back and welcome back to whatever episode this is. Um, and we are currently in our post-season because we are normally an Attack on Titan podcast. If this is where you've chosen to start this podcast, like, why? Why didn't you choose the Dick Fight Island episode? Come on, clearly that is where you should have started listening to the to the coordinate. But, yes, we are normally an Attack on Titan podcast. Uh, me and my buddy Tyler, well, mostly Tyler, just wanted someone to talk to Attack on Titan about because he was reading the manga, so he forced me into this. <laughs> so, yeah, we started off, we read we read the manga until we caught up with the, uh, the TV show, and then we started reviewing the TV show when the final season started. Uh, well, the first part of the final season, which was technically two seasons ago. Will, will it ever end? Who knows? But yes, we're kind of... Because the, the um, TV shows come to an end uh, you know, till 2023. <laughs> we're in a bit of the post-season. So we're just um, suggesting random things to each other to watch or to read. Um, and yeah, just see how things pan out. I think Tyler's got a list somewhere, which he didn't send me a bloody link to. So I'm going to have to try and remember what he said. Luckily, this list is very short at the moment. You know, it's got Jinjitsu Kaisen and Dick Fire Island on it. And he put Dick Fire Island like he I think. he No, what's the other thing he reviewed? Oh, Log Horizon. That was it. So we've only got three things on this list, right? He put he he put Jinjitsu Kaisen top. I'm pretty sure. Come on. The best thing we've had out of the three, Log Horizon, Jitsu Kaisen, Dick Fight Island, has been Dick Fight Island. You know, I'm not going to read any more of it, but because <laughs> it's it's rather, it's rather gross. Um, uh, but in, it's just like I'm not not gonna. Yeah, no, 
No. Digfight Island is definitely better than the other two. <laughs> Sorry, Jinjutsu Kaisen fans. Uh, but it's true. So, what am I here for today? Yes, I am here to talk to you about the first three episodes of an anime called 86. And that's just the numbers, 8 and 6. And um, yeah, it's a um, it's an anime series that was actually based off a light novel, which was written by a lady called, <laughs> you have to get my names here, uh, Toro um, <clears throat> Akurusa, Askura, 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 is that the name of the girl from Askura, I think, I think that's, it might be the same name as the girl, like the main girl protagonist in um, uh, 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 Sword Art Online. <laughs> God, my brain. <laughs> it's just farting out of my ears. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think it's the girl from Sword... Uh, I think that's... Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that's the same name. It looks similar. You know, I kind of watched half of Sword on, uh, Art Online in Japanese and half of it in English, so uh, I'm used to reading that name but not really knowing what it is. <laughs> but, yes, she goes by the pen name Astro Astro, and she's a uh, female... Female Japanese novelist uh, who was born in 1985. You go, girl. That's a brilliant year to be born. Boom, 36, 37. Love it. Um, <coughs> uh, but yes, this is this is kind of her notable works, um, and she actually won a um, Kawadu Akadawoka uh, Beans <laughs> Bunko Rookie Award uh, in 2014 for her manuscript. Um, which made it to uh, the third round of um, something else. Uh, but yeah, then into... Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but, mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and yeah, the novel... Well, anyway, the novel that she submitted for this award and got an award for uh, would later on be the first chapter of 86. So I'm sure you're all thinking to me, Bill, Bill, what is 86? What is 86? So it's an anime, as you well know, <laughs> by this point. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, it was something that she was knocking around with the ideas for. Like she started, she started um, writing um, light novels and stuff before she entered um, like Japanese high school or whatever they call it. Um, good old Astro Astro. I love that name, Astro Astro. Apparently, it's like um, a twist on her name. So it's like her first name mixed with the words 88 which um yeah considering you're famous for a novel called 86 i'm super confused by this information <laughs> but that's what it is apparently astro astro uh but yeah she got she got a bit of information um or she got a lot of inspiration from the film mist which is a film based off of a stephen king novel i vaguely remember seeing it but i can't remember anything about it but she's pretty hardcore she she'd literally spend like six to eight hours a day writing so yeah, you know, fair enough. <laughs> very, very impressed. But yeah, this was originally a light, mo uh, light novel which comes in eleven parts and is still being written today, I believe. Uh, there isn't an the fact there is the part eleven of the light novel. There hasn't actually been an English release yet. The Japanese one only came out February tenth of this year, so we're still looking for more of that. And then there's also a manga adaptation which is currently ongoing. Um, uh, <clears throat> I don't think that has got. A English release at all and then of course there's the anime which is what I'm going to be talking about today um, and yeah it's kind of it's a weird 
it's a weird concept and uh, Tyler mentioned that it gets a few uh, one of the reasons he suggested this to me was because apparently it gets a lot of comparisons to Attack on Titan and having watched the first three episodes I don't get that <laughs> at all like um, this doesn't feel anything like Attack on Titan in the slightest um uh, it is a very different. I mean, I, I, I guess the comparisons are that it's kind of set within. Um, although it's not, I don't think it's, they haven't actually shown. I don't know if they've shown it to be like a walled city, but basically, there's these eighty-five districts that are kind of like safe and good to live in, <laughs> if that makes sense. And um, <clears throat> and then outside of this, so again, this is probably where it gets the comparisons to Attack on Titan. Because in Attack on Titan, you've got the three walls and then everything outside the walls was basically Titan territory. So no one inside the walls knew what was beyond the Titans. You know, obviously we know that now because we've read a lot. We've read a lot of stuff. We've watched a lot of stuff. Stuff's gone down. People have been eaten. Connie's mum got pregnant. Can you believe it? And um, (laughs) that's an inside joke on the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, see the show notes below. Uh, it's a great place and we've got a good few good few people in there now talking about the coordinate with us. I'm sure there are probably much, much better Attack on Titan discords out there in the world. But damn it, if you want to talk to me and Tyler and our confusing lives and in-jokes, that's the place to be. <laughs> so yeah, come join our Probably Work Discord. That's a great place. Um, but yes, <clears throat> uh, where was I? Yeah, so you got a wall. So it's very much in that same sort of thing where everyone within the walls is listening to the government propaganda about the stuff that's going on outside of these districts. And district, the district outside is generally referred to as 86. And I mean, I guess, I guess the real theme of this show is racism, like, and how that's kind of dealt with from both sides of the story. And I love the way the show shows both sides of the story. Like, you'll watch the first half of the show. You'll get a little tiny intermission scene or something uh, pop up. And then the next bit is literally almost the exact same plot and storyline, but you see it from the other side. You know, I'll get into the two sides in a bit, but I love the way it switches and it does... You get the view from one side, you get the view from the other. And it's very hard-hitting at times, seeing how both sides are reacting to the same situation differently. And, yeah, it's really, really cool. I really like it. I'm, I'm, I Just spoilers out there, guys. I really like 86, you know. <clears throat> Currently, if I wasn't doing Attack on Titan podcast, I'd probably start an 86 podcast. Really, really fucking enjoying this. Uh, excuse my French. Editor's note. Bill forgot about adding an ad break. So here is Tyler trying to make you drink alcohol. And yes, Bill's editor is a sexy British lady. Deal with it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So the actual show is produced by um, Annie Plex and produced and led by A1 Pictures. And it premiered back in April 11th, 2021. So this is fairly new. Uh, and then the second half of the season premiered in October, uh, on the 2nd of October, 2021 as well. Um, so just to sort of give you a brief idea of the overview of the plot. So the, we're, we're kind of part of the Republic of San Mongolia. I say we, you know, that's kind of the perspective that we're thrown into. Um, and we're they're, they're at war with the um, Galdian Empire for nine years, and it is initially, uh, though it had like initially like devastating losses to the um, uh, Empire's autonomous mechanized legions. So basically, drones. So this is like this whole thing is about warring with mechs, but one side created drones. Thank you, phone. Fuck you. One side created drones in order to. Uh, fight the war without losses, and then the and then the um, the actual Republic of uh, San uh, uh, Magnolia. Magnolia. Oh, what the hell? Can't read today. Yes, yeah, Magnolia. So the, the Republic of San Magnolia. <laughs> Bloody Magnolia. Worst worst shade of white that is. Sorry to all you people who painted your house Magnolia, but damn, you know, I I highly recommend a white a shade of white called Jabo. You know, that's what I put on my walls, and it's oh, chef kiss. You want to get some jabbo on there, yeah? You know, none of this, none of this magnolia stuff. You know, that's that's for grannies and old people. Don't don't have that anymore. Jabbo, that's the way forward. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Bill suggests paint. Moving on. Uh, do you and do your ceilings in Roman white? No, brilliant white. Yeah, never use Roman white. Yeah, brilliant white for the ceilings. Jabbo on the walls. Beautiful. Get a lovely combination there. Um, <coughs> yeah, anyway, so the, the public sort of uh, had its own autonomous, in I'm going to do air quotes here, juggernauts, uh, which are directed remotely by a handler. And then while on the surface, uh, the Republic believes that the war is being fought between machines, in reality, the juggernauts are actually being piloted by humans. And all of them are of the 86. So this is kind of where the racism of everything comes into it so this final district which i told you which is like everything outside of this big circular 85 districts that they have people who live or born or whatever in that area is kind of they are considered to be subhuman often referred to as pigs and other sorts of things um it's pretty horrific really the the level of 
racism that it goes to. <laughs> but um, they're, yeah, they're, they're kind of, all those people are prosecuted and they've been stripped of their rights uh, by the racist-led Alba government. And that's kind of where the whole thing comes in because they keep saying, oh, to, in today's war, blah, 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 blah. This, per- this thing happened, but there were no human losses. There were human losses, but they were 86. So they don't consider them to be human. And it's kind of as that as that reality dawns on you while you're watching the show, it's pretty it's pretty grim and horrific. But it deal it kind of deals with that in a good way for your for your main character. So uh Valdinia uh Melanese, who's just called Lena, um uh she's she's one of the Alba nobles and she's a military officer in the Republic's military. This is kind of she's she's almost like the face of the show, but I don't consider her to be the main character. Okay, she she is one of the main characters, and she's very much a focal point, especially during the first three episodes. But you kind of really get the feeling that the guy on the other side, the eighty-six character who's referred to as Undertaker, uh, he's he's kind of the main the main guy, really. But yeah, she uh, she ends up getting reassigned to uh, a, a to the um, something called the Spearhead Squadron, who are considered to be like I don't know, like a handful, like some of the operators. The previous operators handling these this team of eighty sixers in the juggernauts um, have like gone off and committed suicide for various reasons, or or just quit their posts, like whatever's happening. And it's all down to this main, like the leader of the squadron, who's referred to as Undertaker. So they all have call signs, basically, uh, and yeah, one of them is called the Undertaker, and he's basically just giving people shit <laughs> to the point where they seem to quit um but yeah and like i said a couple of them committed suicide so it's all a bit suspicious but yeah she's kind of she's very different to the rest of the group like the rest of the soldiers as well because we get to see this like this beautiful city it's immaculate it's clean she's very prim her hair's perfect. She's got a hat on. Uh, she's wearing her uniform and it's all done up perfectly. She walks into this grand giant building, which is like the military center and where the, all the operators, handlers sit down to handle their squadrons of 86s. Um, but everyone else, as she walks in, everyone else in there is like drunk. <laughs> you know, various stages of debauchery is going on. Nothing too sinister. You know, it's just drunks, people's uniforms aren't on correctly. They just don't give a shit. They're just going to go at some point. There's going to be a battle. They're going to go sit in their chair. They're going to operate a bunch of 86s. They don't give a shit if they die and try and beat these autonomous robots. And it's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> um, I'll get into the robots in a second as well um, because the, the opposition as I say, built these uh, apparent autonomous robots. And, <clears throat> God, how do I describe this? They they almost, so they built them like, you know, it's almost like they put lithium-ion batteries in them and these batteries last nine years or something. And they're just, con- so the the Magnolians, <laughs> I'm going to call them the Magnolians, it's easy to remember. Um, they believe that it's only going to, I think also, I'm not even sure if this is clear, I'll have to read it up in a second. But I'm pretty sure they um, these robots almost turned on the nation that created them. I, I will confirm that momentarily. I'll have to do a bit of Bill's editor's notes. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think so. 
<laughs> I think they turned on their creators and basically destroyed them. Editor's note, Bill was correct. Kinda. This might be a sign of the apocalypse. The inability of other countries to make any contact with the Jadian government has given rise to the theory that the Legion went rogue four years before the war started and overran the Jadian Empire before expanding outward. Sickting's boys. Back to Bill talking bollocks. And so the Magnolia regime is just basically trying to long out the nine years it takes for these robots to eventually run out of batteries and die. <laughs> but in the meantime, they have to sort of keep keep that army back away from the 85 districts. So there's all this fighting going on in the 86 district using the 86ers who everyone is racist against. Now, let's talk about the juggernaut, shall we? The M1A4, which I think is a gun in Call of Duty. I can't remember. I'm not, I'm British. I'm not good with guns. I'll let other people think about that. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, it's the um, <laughs> it's basically the sole fielder of the Republic of Mongolia. And it's um, I think the best way to describe it is it's kind of like... Oh, no, it's not bipedal because that means you're on legs. It's got four legs. It's very spider-like but with only four legs. Um, kind of looks like a weird beetle thing. And it's got a big gun on its back, and it's very, very mobile and quick. Um, personally, a bit of a shit mech, really. You know, we're not... This isn't like any sort of Metal Gear Solid. It's not Gundam Wing. It's just these weird little bug-like creatures. And that's what the main... That's what that's what they use. They just use juggernauts with 86ers inside them, controlling them as autonomous drones. <laughs> but they're not autonomous. They've got people inside them. They're killing people, man. Um, but yeah, it's a kind of kind of cool mech. Whereas these these other auto autonomous mechs from the <laughs> from the other side are like absolutely banging. <laughs> They they look really cool. They're all like made out of smooth material. You've got little ones, you've got big ones, you've got mediums. They're, they're all over the place, and they're all nice blue shiny things. And there's this weird like moth cloud. Now hold hold with me here. <laughs> the moth cloud is enormous. Like it is such a big like. I don't know what they are. They're mechanical moths. I don't know where they come from, but um. Yeah, one of the things with the uh, with the spearhead squadron is that they're always like they have very few casualties, and it's because of their leader, the Undertaker. I'm going to get to really in a minute, and they yeah they get very few casualties, and it's because they mainly get to the fight early and set themselves up in a good spot, and like the the Republic of Mongolia don't know uh, Magnolia, sorry, I keep saying Mongolia uh, of Magnolia really don't know how they sort of do this. They're just like, you know, they just turn up. They're already there. Don't, don't know what's going on. But then when you actually see it from their perspective, they just see this giant cloud of mechanical moths flying through the air. They're like, oh, shit, a battle's coming. Everyone get in your vehicles. And then they're there, ready, waiting for whatever to happen. Where So I, I can only imagine that the other groups of 86ers are kind of just sitting there depressed in their rooms, waiting to get in their machines and be told to go out to battle and die. Which is very, very grim thought indeed. Very grim. And yeah, that's kind of like the overview of what's really going on with that stuff. Um, let's talk about The Undertaker for a second. Yeah, so I think The Undertaker is a guy called Shin. And there's him and uh, a guy called Raiden, who they're kind of like the first core members of the squadron. 
having previously fought together in something else. <laughs> um, there's also then um, Karina and Theo who join, uh, Andrew and Dia um, as well. Um, there's just like, this is quite big. There's quite a lot of characters here. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. But yeah, the main the main one to focus on is Lena, Lena and Shin, really, I'm going to say. <laughs> um because he's the guy leading the squadron and he's kind of leading them like as a happy bunch it does again kind of remind like when you see them all sitting there together it reminds you of the early days of attack and titan when they all got into the um when they all got into the survey corps and were training together and they'd have all those scenes of them sitting around eating and having food and that's another thing as well food in like the main empire bit in the 85 district seems to be very scarce and rationed and tasteless that's a big thing that I, I remember popping up at some point whereas Shin and the gang seem to be growing food and getting it and they've got this like weird gigantic mechanical thing which is like it just looks like a giant box on legs uh, and it's they call it Fido and I think it goes off and fetches food and stuff so that they have a big cook up every night and seem to be enjoying themselves so we're kind of getting this weird sort of like you know the contrast between the two places, but also showing you that sometimes everything isn't always better in the nicer place. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, sure. You're going to get into a big mech and probably die tomorrow, but you can have a good slap up meal beforehand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's Shin is the he's the main protagonist that I consider to be the main protagonist in this, and yeah, he's he's called the un he's he's Call tag is the Undertaker. In the, uh, where, where shall I go from here? I've given a lot of exposi exposition, so I mean, pretty much most of what I've explained is kind of fed to you in the first episode. Um, Lena's got a friend who's like a doctor at the base, who's kind of like the only one who really understands her and stuff. And there's like a big on running joke as well, where the doctor sort of goes on dates with various different men, but it never seems to work out well. But Lena's never really paying. Uh, never really paying much attention to what she's saying sounds harsh but you know it's one of those like how it is in anime she's like the, the the bit of comedy uplift that you get throughout this very I mean again very hard hitting um, themes that are going on in the background of 86 and yeah when we get to the first episode and she takes over the squadron she basically just contacts them out of hours mainly talking to Shin um, but she just she puts on her little earpiece at home logs in and then just goes you're right yeah it's me i'm your new handler and they're like oh god and one of one of the um one of the spearhead squadron is very anti her she's just like oh another one i can't wait for shin to break her and it's just like mm. <laughs> they're really they're really playing this up on how shin breaks people and by the end of the third episode as well we really get to sort of see that come to fruition um so yeah the main the first episode is mainly setting up that contact the second episode really sets up the relationship of the spearhead squadron like i said how they get to the battles early uh they say things to her like ah oh, you know one of the things that would be handy is if we had a good good map of the area but um it's illegal to share that sort of information and she's just like okay so she goes into a dusty old storeroom digs out a map and she finds a geological survey map of the area so she knows where the high points and the low points are and he's just like thanks you know she she directs one of his crew and says you should go over here and he's like yeah go and do it listen to her because they th this is the thing as well they only listen to shin they don't listen to the handler really and 
there's a point as well where she tries to send them map information and Shin tells her off so like if you send me map information you're going to give away like the enemy can track that and going to give it away please just have comms only she's like oh okay <laughs> and it's just like yeah fucking fucking don't send me that shit if it's going to point me out to the enemy fucking hell <laughs> Jesus man and yeah you get you, you get this growing relationship between her and the team even though there's still that undertone of the difference between them they keep thinking she's like an imperialist pig and thinking that she looks down upon them and that's coming because she kind of still is <laughs> she doesn't think she is she's supposed to be like the good guiding light she's supposed to be you know that that <laughs> it's <laughs> oh this is like um yeah there's this um muhammad ali quote which I'm not going to remember either a the question that was asked to him or his proper response. Uh, it was something along the lines of, you know, do you do you still trust like white people or something? And um, he responded with like, well, it's one of those things where it's like a yes and no, but no. <laughs> and he explains himself beautifully, which unfortunately I will not be able to do. Trying to remember a random. Muhammad Ali quote off the top of my head um, but it was something like you know over the years it was like millions of people oppressing black people and putting them down and now there's like a few white people who are standing up for us and trying to protect us which is great but does that mean I'm going to let my guard down <laughs> it's like no I think he I think he uses like I think he says something about adders or snakes. I think he says there's if there's like 10,000 snakes burst through the door and they're baying for my blood, something like that. And, you know, a thousand of those snakes are well-intentioned and don't want to hurt me at all. But does that mean I'm going to sit here and hope that those 1,000 snakes come down and form a wall to protect me? No, I'm not. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was something along those lines. Um, and that's what she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be one of these one of these 1,000 snakes that doesn't intend to do harm. <clears throat> I'm very sorry to Mami Dali's memory there. <laughs> uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to try and find that quote and put it in. I want to do right, but there are so few. If 10,000 rattlesnakes was coming down that aisle now, and I had a door here I could shut, and in that 10,000, 1,000 meant right. 1,000 rattlesnakes didn't want to bite me. I knew they were good. Should I let all these rattlesnakes come down, hoping that that thousand get together and farm a shield? <laughs> or should I just close the door and stay safe? I think that, that you understand the Viet Cong are not all bad, but America's still dropping bombs in Hiroshima. The Japan wasn't bad, but she still dropped the bomb in Korea. They weren't bad, but they still dropped the bomb. So now I'm going to forget the 400 years of lynching and killing and raping and depriving my people of freedom, justice, equality, the first fire, the last high, the lowest of low, last respected. And I'm going to look at two or three white people who are trying to do right and don't see the other million trying to kill me. <laughs> I'm not that big of a fool. Yeah, so she's supposed to be one of these people who's not racist not against the 86 but even still it's like the whole situation of where she lives her job her country the propaganda it still has ingrained certain things into her and that's that's where we lead up to into episode three um so yeah we get this whole building of the relationship between them the spearhead squadron are still kind of keeping her at arm's length and she's trying to 
gain their favour and be friends with them. She's asking them questions, talking about their cat, their relationships with each other. And it's all very, very friendly. And then we get to a point where um, in the next, in the battle that happens at in episode three, one of the characters in Spearhead Squadron dies. And at the end, she says, I'm very sorry that this person has died. And Shin just loses his shit. And he's just like, you don't give a top. And she's like, I do give a top. But he get he really goes into it. And he's just like, do you even know her name? You've been talking to us for weeks. You've been asking us questions. Have you ever, ever asked us our real names? And that's even the episode. That's even what the thing's called. Yeah, that's even what the episode's called. It's called Real Name. And it's just harrowing. Like, the way he just suddenly snaps and lays into her. And she's just there at her seat. Just like, almost in tears. And just, oh yeah, it's 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 really hard hitting. And I got to the end of that episode and I was just like, I need more of this. <laughs> there's only one. I think there's like, you know, you've got the two halves of the... Um, there's the two halves of this show um, of this season so technically you've kind of got two seasons really but I was just like oh man I just I just want to keep going <laughs> I think if we did cover if we did cover this show it wouldn't take us long because yeah like I said it's only there's only it's only one season so far and the, I, God knows where the manga gets up to and whether we'd read all of that as well um, but it was fantastic so yeah, that's how it kind of comes to an end. She's she thinks she's responsible for one of the Spearhead Squadron's uh, deaths, and I'm not even sure if it's Shin. It might be one of the other guys, uh, but some someone then just goes off to, on her how she never bothered to learn their real names, and this causes her to have a real emotional breakdown. And yeah, the the show was great. It had ups, downs, and really really drew me in these three episodes just made me want to keep going the same way the first three episodes of attack on titan did i remember watching those three episodes of attack on titan and just being like oh man i just need more of this like what is going on (laughs) this show is bonkers people are getting eaten it's gruesome there's loads of stuff going on everywhere i've got to see more of this i've got to find out what happens to erin and the gang and here i am still trying and waiting to find out (laughs) Uh, will i ever find out Will I fuck? <laughs> anyway, just going to um, rip open the uh, Titan ball bag here. Oh, oh, Tyler. Why Why do you have to leave six chickens in here? Like, two of them haven't got heads. What are you doing, mate? Right, somewhere. Ah, here we go. Right. Oh, God, you're tiny. Gross, man. <laughs> you are gross. Um, so, uh, Tyler has actually given me something for the ball bag. He says, I haven't had time to check out 86 yet. Oh, you, you dick. Come on. Main question for the ball bag, though, is, is it too similar to Attack on Titan? Uh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's fucking nothing like Attack on Titan at all. Um, even though you get some similar thematic themes, um, they, they feel very, very, very different. Very different, you know. Like I said, I don't even know if it's if the city's walled or not. 
Um, so yeah, he says stuff I read uh, read about it made it seem similar, similar, but people f- seem to think it was doing the war aspects better. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's almost like bugger all war going on in an Attack on Titan. There was like the one attack where they ate Willy Kyber or whatever his name is, and then what's going on now, which is more of just a shit show of things and the rumbling. <laughs> Whereas this is actually like there's tactical battles going on and stuff within the mechs trying to fight these other mechs. So, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, but, yeah, other than that, no one really had any feedback. Apart from uh, Benjamin. Benjamin sent us a GIF, um, a meme, saying the, attack on, uh, the coordinate attack on Titan podcast rules. So, yeah, I completely agree with him. <laughs> well done, Benjamin. Um, yeah, and someone got Connie's mum pregnant. I think it was Tyler's cat. Oh, well, I'll have to wait. I'll have to put that on there for next week. So, anyway, Tyler, my lovely, <laughs> thank you very much. You know, you've you've done swings and roundabouts for me here. First, I had to read Dick Fight Island, which was good and funny and i would have read more had it not been pornographic uh, <laughs> that's all i'm gonna put out there you know that's why i said it was disgusting earlier it's just like it's just pornographic i don't want to read fucking porn you know give me give me some credit i'm a dirty filthy bastard but nah <laughs> i'm not really fucking porn so tyler what i want you to do by next week and you better fucking be on time sunshine Oh, you're going to see the sharp end of my... And uh, I want you to watch a show which is on Crunchyroll uh, called The Promised Neverland. The Promised Neverland. Three episodes, big boy. One, two, and three. Yes, yes, please. Um, And yeah, like I say, it's on Crunchyroll. And I've got a really good method, right, for picking out these shows for Tyler. I'm going to come gather around, people. Enter the circle of freedom where Bill lives <laughs> inside my crazy mind. So what I do is to pick these shows out for Tyler. So I open up the Crunchyroll app because Funimation's going away. Um, no, actually, the reason I'm on Crunchyroll is because of Tyler. Because he wanted me to watch 86 and it wasn't on Funimation. So I had to cancel my Funimation subscription and switch over to Crunchyroll. Despite the fact, as everyone knows, I've got a big, big, big fucking problem with Crunchyroll because their Twitter account spoiled the fact that Sasha died. Yeah. So God, I'm fuming again. Um, anyway, so yes, yes, that happened. Um, so on Crunchyroll, I go through there and I just go into a bunch of things where there's a lot of shows and recommendations and I just flick my finger on the screen. It goes wildly through all these shows and I just stop it and I have a look and I go, oh, The Promised Neverland, that looks interesting. Tyler! Yeah, Tyler, so you're going to do The Promised Neverland next week. Yeah, three episodes, big boy. Um, And uh, we'll go from there. So yeah, Um, again, questions for the ball bag people. Uh, Join us on Discord um and you can submit your questions there and that's probably gonna be the easiest place you can also find us on twitter at coordinate pod um and you can tell us things there uh anything you want really you know uh you can ask us about um 
you know, is we know about reading gay pornography or Attack on Titan, and how did Connie's mum get pregnant? All these, all these questions are answered elsewhere. Uh, you can also catch us at the uh, coordinate pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. And again, feel free to leave us any type of reviews or five stars ratings on any pod catching apps that you happen to use Spotify, uh, Apple, iTunes, um, Good Pods, I think it's called, it's the one everyone's using nowadays. Is it good pods? Let's have a look. I'll get it on my phone. Yeah, good pods it's called. Yeah, good pods is quite cool because you can follow people and then see what they're listening to and then get recommendations for other shows. Really cool, really cool. But yeah, you can go onto that and you can support us there as well. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. So I hope you enjoy next week's episode. And remember, if you're going to pilot a giant mech, then you're probably living in the wrong area and you're being very heavily persecuted against by um, other societies. So I apologise for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't know what to say, really. See you later. Bye. Love you all. R. Push it a. Push it to. Baby. Baby, baby. Baby, ooh. Baby. Baby, baby. Baby, get up on this. Ow. Baby. Salt and pepper's here. Now wait a minute, you all this dance ain't for everybody only the sexy people so all you fly mothers, get on out there and dance dance, I said. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.